Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by our brand new course, Small Steps to Big Change, Little Things You Can Do to Feel Better on Even the Most Challenging Days. Get 30 days of anxiety relief delivered to your inbox. Anxiety is such a big issue that we sometimes forget the power of the little things. Little things like your breath, meditation, and other different ways to relax. Yet small though they are, the difference these little things can make in managing stress and anxiety is huge. The intention of this offering is to support you in doing one small thing every day for 30 days to help you increase your sense of personal peace while you move forward with slaying your anxiety. For a limited time, you can get this new course offering for $27. Learn more at anxietyslayer.com. Welcome back to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my wonderful friend and co-host Ananga Sivier. We come together weekly from Kent in Leelanau to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and often answer your questions from our inbox and Facebook page. We've been sharing a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety for the last 10 years. We're coming up just in a couple of weeks to our 10-year anniversary, and it's just been a pleasure serving you for all of that time. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. So this week, we're going to be discussing the healing power of daily habits to create big change. And I'm going to be asking you, Shen, as somebody that's an expert teacher on focusing and chunking down in your day, how to take those little steps towards greater peace of mind and, as you always say, more spaciousness around stress and anxiety. So I'd like to be asking you today if you can share with us what you feel is the advantage of taking small steps over trying to make big changes in our lives. I think that the small steps allow us the opportunity to feel like we're succeeding toward that bigger issue. And what I mean by that is when we don't pile on these massive expectations of ourselves, but we can chunk it down into smaller pieces and look at something and remind ourselves that I can face this today. I can face this one step, this first task, this first step toward perhaps a really daunting project or something that's bothering us or something that we're struggling with. And then when you finish that first step, you feel so much more reassured and you're ready to move on. You're ready for the second one. And there's something really calming and reassuring about that. If you allow yourself to pause and say, okay, I'm looking at this beautiful project or process or change or something that I really want for myself in this lifetime. And it's okay if I don't have it all figured out immediately. It's okay if I can't just, like I say, roll out of bed and have it, have it done in a day. And I think the other piece is please don't project unrealistic expectations on yourself. Give yourself the time that you need to get something accomplished and take a look and really break it down into sections or segments or tasks, very much like we do in Anga when we put together our podcasts or create our courses or whatever it is that we need to do. Sometimes even we feel like, oh my goodness, that's so much. But when we delegate, take our time, it's, it's like magic. You get to the end of the line with a project, it's complete, and you can celebrate what what you've done and, and how you're feeling by just taking these small steps. Mm, and chunking down and t- 
ticking things off and knowing that each item ticked off is an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Even if there's 60 still to go, everyone that gets ticked off is something done. So, and like the old saying of a journey of 100 miles begins with the first step and every step counts. So you really teach a model of action that doesn't add to overwhelm because very often with anxiety, we feel very overwhelmed. We feel like everything's all too much. And often with anxiety, we hear people say, oh, I wish I could just wave a magic wand or just have it go away. I hate it. I want to be done with it. And that big overwhelming thinking that comes with anxiety really robs us of the power of taking those little steps, which all add up to healthy change. That's exactly what I'm saying. A perfect way to summarize it. And just about beginning whatever it is that you need to begin without feeling like you have to be in control, without feeling like you have to have all the answers, because that's what throws us into that place of overwhelm. If you are starting a, a new project, or if you're deciding that you want to take, you know, make better nutritional choices, or that you want to move your body more, then just start with the very first step. And you will find yourself feeling so much better. You know, this morning I knew I needed to get outside and get some fresh air and get my feet on the ground. It's still lovely here in Northern Michigan. Uh, You know, we're in the fall season, but I knew I was going to be inside today, Ananga, mostly behind the computer. And I just needed to get out and get grounded. I needed to get my bare feet on the ground. And that for me was a self-care step. Mm. It was just a few minutes. But it was a beautiful way listening to the birds, looking at the plants, having my feet on the ground, and then coming back in and, and getting to it. Mm. Which stops us starting the day in that adrenaline peaked state where we just fly out of bed thinking of all the things we've got to do and there's an alarm clock and there may be coffee involved and then already our nervous system's peaked before we Absolutely. even got going. So you're sharing how to start your day with a very simple self-care step even though it may be a quick one a short one it doesn't have to feel short we can savor it we can savor those five minutes of breathing in the big sky feet on the ground getting grounded yes stepping into our day rather than falling into it that's a beautiful way to begin the day how and i and i recommend that for all of our listeners to find to have a a morning ritual that allows you some (laughs) spaciousness before before you have to do everything else, even if that means you have to get up a little bit earlier. Because that feeling of no space, no time is an awful feeling. Yeah. And it's very difficult then to, to schedule anything that you need to do to help yourself. I think also just not to underestimate the simple help of applying some lavender oil when you get up to your temples, to your chest, mm, to your nice. pulse points. Just, it just takes a minute or two, but just to apply that, breathe the lavender in and just, again, just step into your day with acceptance and allowance for a few little things that you can fit in of yourself. So yeah. you, you recommend really setting out a sequence or committing to something that you feel is helpful. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. What I normally recommend is that you get all of your thoughts written down or key it into your computer, whatever you're most comfortable with, uh, so that you can purge your mind of everything that you're thinking about. And I don't know about you, Ananga, but for me, I tend to pile on and I have a really big brain. And before you know it, it's racing with 
this needs to be done and that needs to be done. In order to go here, I need to do this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, you, we've been partners for 10 years. I get to, I get to work with that beautiful big brain, yeah. <laughs> but when I allow myself to just purge all of it, to get it all out um, in notes, or we've done it uh, when we when we work together in Dropbox or mm-hmm. uh, in Zoom or in Skype or whatever, get it all out. Yeah. And then I have something to work with. Then I can take a look at it and start to organize that information and prioritize that information, which helps me set up a, a sequence, right? So then I can start walking my talk in one step at a time. Or today I have the availability to get three these three tasks taken care of. Some days Ananga, it's all I can do to get one thing done. Mm-hmm. I, and I admit it. It, it, it. And if I'm not in the right space, head and heart, then it going to have to wait but it's one thing it's one thing and getting up you know setting up that sequence oh my gosh it makes things so much easier once you've laid it out you're gravitating toward step two three four five within sequence and you can actually uh, go there you can you know look at what you've planned out and and see just how far you've come Mm -hmm. and uh, be really grateful for everything that you've been able to, to accomplish. And I've also found that if we lock ourselves into having to follow the sequence, that often that can cause a block as well. Yeah. So it's okay to kind of pop around sometimes. A bit of flexibility. I might not have, yeah, I might not have the mind space to do this really detail-oriented piece right now, but I can do this yeah. and get back to that when, my, when, my, you know, when I'm in a better space. And that, that's part of knowing ourselves too. Absolutely, yeah. And I think with anxiety, really starting small is the key, isn't it? Just that one yes. simple thing and making sure you value it and that small doesn't mean insignificant. I have um, an Irish friend who's taught me some wonderful sayings and she has a saying when our heads are overwhelmed, an Irish saying, which is wool gathered. My thinking's like wool gathered. So it's like kind of like all knotted up in your head, all this different balls of wool, which I love. I think that's such a cool saying. And um, I saw a cartoon on Instagram last week about anxiety coaching. And there was a picture of somebody with all knotted up wool in their head. And then they were talking to their coach who had all these little neat, they were like taking the, the bundle of knotted up wool and they were kind of pulling it out and drawing it into neat individual colored balls. So just that expressing, as you say, just getting everything out of your head. It's kind of like, pulling out an old cupboard where you've been stashing things for years and you just Mm -hmm. drag it all out on the floor and think, okay, that space just needs to be cleared. So very powerful just to blurt to a friend or to, I like to brain dump on a piece of paper with a pencil and just write and write or type and type. That helps me no end just to get those woolly thoughts out there. I think I messaged you yesterday and said I was having a a woolly day. <laughs> you did. Now and now I know where that came from. <laughs> yeah, I'd woken up with a headache and my thinking was woolly. So, but even just to be able to say to to a trusted friend, you know, I'm having a woolly day, mm-hmm. and and it's okay. Rather than thinking, oh God, I'm not on my game. I'm I've not got this together. Just to say, hey, I'm a little bit challenged today. Is all also allowing spaciousness. It's all about space and and compassion, externalizing clearing things from our head first, starting a conversation with a, a, a friend. Sometimes you've also talked about recording your thoughts, just voicing your thoughts in confidence to a, a phone or something, just speaking them out. And then looking through 
and finding one thing that you resonate with that's going to help you feel better no matter how small, just coming to that small action choice of something to support yourself. And if you find yourself in a state of overwhelm, sometimes it's really hard to know what's what's in your best interest. Yeah, Everything might feel like too much. So if you have a list of resources or tools or ideas or tried and true methods that help you, this is going to help give you some control, some relief while looking at that particular method or idea. What you're looking at, if it doesn't resonate with you, you move on and you move down the line and, and you just allow yourself whatever it is you need, permission to get up from your chair and get outside for a deep breath, permission to take a walk. It might be as simply as, as needing to just clean your body, mm-hmm. take a good hot shower, warm bath, something that's going to reset your mind and body uh, before you go and, uh, and move forward on, on your journey with you know, whatever that might look like. You'll be a little bit more calm, a little bit more comfortable and relaxed. And then you can check in and, and say, okay, what do I know I need? to uh to address today yeah really important just those basic self-care steps then like getting up bathing putting on fresh clothes opening a window moving your body which when we feel stuck can feel so huge mountainous and hard to do sometimes it just helps to have a little checklist there doesn't it and you can say okay Mm -hmm. start with this i'd like to ask you as somebody that you've taught me a lot about about this uh, do you have a recommendation what's your personal recommendation for Checking in with yourself and monitoring your progress as a way of acknowledging those little steps that you've achieved. What's your method? Oh, you know, I do. And it's something that I really don't see enough people doing. And I highly recommend that everyone listening make time to take a look at all the generosity that we give to the world each day, to our friends, our family, our clients, everybody that we touch, as well as the projects that we create our creativity, whatever it is you do for a living, to give yourself a moment to itemize that and give yourself credit for what you're involved with and how you show up and what transpired in your day. Uh, for me, I, I begin the day by you know with gratitude. Uh, every day I wake up with gratitude for my health and my family and friends and our partnership, and you know, the list goes on. I also, that's how I end the day as well. It's also about being clear about how do I need to care for myself before I step into that uh, generous nature. And maybe it's just making a quick list of, of things that I'd like to accomplish and then going back later and, and seeing how I did. Uh, that accomplishment might be as simple as being kind to somebody who normally drives me nuts. <laughs> it might be that uh, that I took a breath and allowed myself to find some peace in a, in a moment where I might have been spun out before. It could be checking in and realizing that I want to be more mindful and that, and that I want to choose a healthier, nutritious piece of fruit over a handful of chips or crisps. All of these little things, it's just being more mindful about choices, mindful about movement, mindful about all of it. It could really be just about anything. Mm. But my point is to really dial in because nothing is too small. There's nothing insignificant when you allow yourself to be mindful about the healthy choices you make. What are you doing? What choices are you making? And are you conscious while you're making them? Or are you just going through a routine? Mm. Yeah, so my recommendation is to check in, see how you're doing. And if you find that there's some choices or there's some things that 
you've experienced that don't fit well, then just acknowledge that without without judgment and come back around. And if something comes back around, you make a better choice, right? So for example, the other day, uh, we had some leftover corn chips and some shredded Mexican cheese. We had, we had had a wonderful Sunday dinner with enchiladas and guacamole and chips and all this stuff. But normally I don't like to have chips and cheese in the house because I will eat them. I will make a little plate of nachos and eat them. And I don't always feel so great after I've done that. Uh, it feels really good eating them. <laughs> but um, not so good after. And, you know, there's just something about that that uh, makes me feel more sluggish. Sometimes will give me a headache or whatever. Anyway, I did it. I ate the chips and the cheese. And and rather than berating myself, I, I realized, okay, yep, that tasted really, really good. And I was mindful about my portion. Good for you. You were mindful about your portion because in the past, I would have had, a, it wouldn't have been just a plate in the microwave with some cheese on it, you know, a single layer of chips. It would have been the whole production in the oven, multiple layers. <laughs> and, you know, and I would have just chowed down. I acknowledge that that's not a good choice for me on a regular basis. I also acknowledge that in, in making the choice to do so, I still did it more mindfully than I would have before. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So what I'm hearing from you is always reviewing and with compassion, but with course correction. There's a lot of opportunity to correct course. And it's like, okay, that went like that. And, you know, I learned this from it, or I handled it this way. And I acknowledge that that's an improvement over past habits and just always kind of flowing, but steering, you know, yeah, directive flow. Sure. I mean, and as we've talked about so many times, you know, um, raising our daughters and wanting to show up for them in the healthiest way possible in the most positive light and and as supportive as we possibly can be, but knowing we're human, knowing we're going to make mistakes along the way, or there are going to be words that are that are shared or actions that are taken that after they happen, we think, oh no, I wish I could take that ba- you know, back and reframe it this way. Throwing ourselves into the shame pit over making a, a decision mm-hmm. that we wish we wouldn't have uh, isn't the way to go about things. We need to look at it, acknowledge it for what it is. Uh, and then, if need be, have a conversation, uh, in this case, with our with our daughters, depending on their age. <laughs> and what I mean by that is you know, how, how you cover it, um, how deeply you go into your apology or how you want to frame that you wish you would have handled things differently in the, in the future and apologize. Oftentimes, uh, we're so much harder on ourselves than our loved ones are. But it allows us to get back to the center place of next time I'm going to handle this differently. Right. Very helpful. Yeah. So again, it's coming back to that reviewing and course correction, which is a big part of healing in Ayurveda, India's ancient science of life, which we talk about a lot. It's about um, self-awareness, checking in with yourself, checking in with your choices, your actions, checking in with your thoughts, your dialogue, and just softly and compassionately watching and tweaking, tweaking as you go making better choices, but never with harshness and rigidity, yet always mm. mindful to improve, which is also that, right. that Kaizen principle of Japanese psychology of small steps of, of constant improvement. And then when we look back over time, we can see, oh, look how far I've come. I was on a, a coastal hike last, last week, and um, it's the furthest I've walked on my own for, I don't know how many years. So I was like dropped off at one village and 
walk into the next, and the only path was across the top of a, a cliff. And I had a little tinge of anxiety, twinge of anxiety at the beginning, because as you know, Shan, for many years, I was unable to walk unassisted. I was on a mobility scooter for many years, and in the end, I was in a wheelchair. So even though I've been gratefully on my feet for three or four years now, still for me to be dropped somewhere where there's no road, no access, and I had to walk a few miles to the next point was quite a commitment, quite an acknowledgement of that, that new situation for me. And I found myself every half hour or so just turning around after putting one foot in front of the other and just turning around. It's like, oh, look, there's the Coast Guard's lookout, how far we've come from that. Just by that, you know, step, step, mm-hmm. step. And then you look around and it's like, wow, we've come over that hilltop and we've come to this point. And I really enjoyed doing that. And, and I was thinking also how that works for our mind when we just make these little steps, like in this course that we've just put together, those 30 days of a little step every day. And then at the end of the 30 days, you look around and think, wow, what's changed? And, and you can see, you can see how your nerves have settled and how you feel more positive about this. And you feel supported in making better choices about that. You may have incorporated relaxation, guided relaxation into your day, more journaling, whatever appeals to you within that collection of, of daily steps. And then of course, there's always the opportunity to repeat like I did in my walk. I had to walk for three hours, so stopping for half an hour, it's just a sixth of the way, so you go again. Stop and have a look and and go again. So with these kinds of improvement programs, you can do that as well. You don't have to just do the 30 days, go again. Do it again and and peel another layer layer through and see what's what's different for you next time. Yeah, Yeah. and you begin to develop awareness and and make conscious adjustments and choices, and the next thing you know, you're really consciously parenting yourself or mentoring yes. yourself yeah. and, and being sweeter with your self-talk. It's just definitely a very healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. I found it to be very useful for, for my relationships, myself, my business, all of it, to just continue to be checking in. Mm-hmm. We all have difficult days where we might lose sight of where we're going or we might feel low and, and overwhelmed. And on those days, it's very hard for us to believe that we can achieve anything because we just feel too, too flat. How do you recommend dealing with those times? The first thing to mention is that those days happen to everyone, that you're not alone, and that if you can identify and understand and even reflect back on a time where you may have felt like that before, but you came through it okay, that it was just this one moment or day that this situation, this too shall pass. That, that's a start. The second part is to please allow yourself to reach out to a loved one, to a good friend, to somebody who you trust, who's willing to be a witness for you, or who's just willing to give you a hug. Uh, these, these very simple, simple acts of loving kindness can often improve how we're feeling about setbacks. And on those, those bad days that everybody has, you know that you're not alone, that you are supported, even on the days when you just don't even want to get out of bed and you'd rather stay under the covers. We just, we really need to allow ourselves to reach out to other people and to know that you can. And and then I also highly recommend changing things up completely. If you're feeling low and out of sorts, that's when we have to push the reset button. That's when we change things up dramatically. Sometimes when we're feeling lost or feeling low, you 
can just allow yourself to snap out of it by doing something totally unexpected. And for example, one of the things that that I've done before with with my daughter, she was having a, a pretty bad day. And she likes to visit the animals at animal shelters, give them some love and check in and 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 be sweet about it. And and so we'll go there. We went, you know, we went there and, and visited these animals and we hung out there for like an hour and just um did what we could and they let you go in different rooms and play with the kittens and things like that and and it's amazing how much better you feel if you would allow yourself the simple things like maybe getting up and and getting outside for a beautiful sunrise or making time at the end of the day to watch the sunset or to just really smell the roses right look at the flowers be in your garden like i was this morning something that can bring you back to a place of wonder something that can bring you back to a place of awe and that this knowing that you're a part of something so much more and that you're not alone and that the kindness and love and all of this is all around you, no matter how you're feeling in this moment. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a, a beautiful point and, you know, really valuable to, to emphasize that everyone has days like this. You and I, as our friendship's grown over the years, and we know that we do. And we're here for each other on such days. Everyone has difficult times. Everyone has low days. Everyone has days where we struggle, some days more than others. And as you were talking, I was remembering over a particularly challenging last few years that I've been through. I made friends with a tree in a botanical gardens, and I just go visit him. And uh, <laughs> I really look out for him mm. when we go and visit. I like to walk amongst the flowers and the herbs and smell and touch any leaf or flower I come across but there's this particular beautiful tree tucked away at botanical gardens and I'll often just go and lean on a branch and just breathe in the sky and rest and I've taken my sorrow to that tree so many times over the last couple of years and yeah we're friends now (laughs) Mm, I love that (laughs) it's a good relationship so just you know simple nature getting our feet in water when we can and and just um, taking solace in, in understanding that we all have these painful days. And I think in the West, it's not so easy for us to lean into them. We tend to want to distract and divert and move on. And it's, it takes a little courage, but it's a very bittersweet, tender place when we just lean in and say, you know, today I feel sad, today's a difficult day. And to be able to say it to a trusted friend or to take it to nature, take, right. it, take it to water, take it to the sky, whatever you need to do. It's actually very um, softening to the heart, which actually helps. It helps anxiety and it helps our nervous system not to be so rattling and hyped up. It slows things down and softens things up. And it's a very healing thing to do. I think it's also important to clarify that it's okay if you decide that you need to stay in your pajamas and rest, (laughs) that you know it's okay if you need a period of time where you can really hunker down and make yourself as comfortable as possible uh, and you know wrap yourself in a blanket and and rest. I don't want our listeners to think that I'm saying snap out of it, go do this or mm-hmm. uh, you know because I'm really not. I just know that sometimes making these other choices like the animal shelter or like going to visit your tree or getting outside will help things uh, be washed away quicker. But there's also those times when we just need to stay put. 
Yeah, and I, I remember you and I were uh, listening to Claudia Welch a couple of weeks ago, who's a mm-hmm. wonderful Ayurvedic practitioner and teacher, and she has um, several videos which I, I recommend listening to her. She's a great teacher, very funny. And um, there's, a, there's a clip of her teaching where she said, you know, is it medicine to, to stay on the couch for, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks? And then she shouts, yes, that, mm-hmm. that can be medicine. And it's knowing what we really need, you know, if we know I need to really rest and I really need to restore. And when we give ourselves permission to do it as an act of healing, as an act of self-care, then that's a different thing to just feeling like, oh, God, what's wrong with me? I can't get out of bed. It's a different thing to say, actually, I need to rest. I acknowledge I need to rest. I give myself permission to do so. Otherwise, the body's still, but the mind's just churning over and over, and that's not restful at all. Another question for you, Shan. How did you personally become convinced of the power of incremental change in your life? Was it something you were raised with as a a way of dealing with things, or is it something you learned yourself later in life? I really wish I was raised with it. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And I wish I could tell you that I was raised with it. Uh, I give a lot of credit to to my husband for showing me what incremental action looks like. And he'd be probably shocked to hear that. But when we met um, over 30 years ago, I was a a very different version of the Shan that that you know or are listening to now. Had a lot more pit to energy. I was very much a perfectionist, high expectations uh, on the on the corporate ladder, very much going to take the world by storm and do so uh, as quickly as I as I possibly could, you know, 24 hours or less (laughs) Uh, just was really uh, very bold and and, in in a big hurry in so many ways. Uh, I did not notice things like the beauty of the clouds floating by. I did not notice the flowers. I did not notice uh, any of the great and crushing beauty around me. But what Tom did is he would watch me spin out, which invariably would happen at night uh, before another work day, that I had something going on that that was big or that I made bigger than it was or whatever. Uh, and he would he would just invite me to get it on paper you are causing yourself a whole lot of extra stress and suffering. Um, instead of worrying about everything that has to happen tomorrow, why don't you get it all down on paper? Mm. Which, you know, sounds so simple, right? Just, but it works. We, we know this. We know that purging is what we talked about at the beginning of our conversation today, yeah. getting it all out and then making yourself reprioritize because if you think you're responsible for every single thought that comes into your head and to make it all come to fruition immediately, that's just not helpful. So I began making lists and those lists then became priorities. And then from there, I followed the sequence of of events that we talked about earlier. And it became a real magical way for me to both personally and professionally move through life. Mm. Just about anything, I think it if it's in front of me, I can allow myself to get centered and then take a look and know that I can begin with, you know, wherever I need to begin. So whether it's anxiety, whether it's a work project, family obligation, volunteer work, whatever it is, I don't need to make it so big. It doesn't need need to be so big. Uh, and And to say, okay, I am available mentally physically and spiritually for X, whatever X might look like. Mm-hmm. 
And it might only be a couple of hours versus eight hours. It might be, you know, we only have so many units of ourselves. We only have so much to give away. So when you get clear about that, then you can make better choices for yourself and understand that sometimes things need to be spread out longer. Sometimes you can only give to the degree that you're available to give, and that's enough. It's kind of like having a a self-respecting budget, energy budget, which is uh, something I had to do this week. I had to have a difficult meeting with somebody, and um, I set a time limit of what I could handle, and I made sure I was completely present for that time. And when the time was up, I knew I needed to move on or I wasn't going to be able to do what I needed to do for the rest of the day or possibly the week. (laughs) So I gave gave all I could for the time I could. And and again, that's something you very much helped me with because you're very good with boundaries. Just that self-respecting budget, I can handle this and then that's enough. And some days we can handle more than others. And I think also something I learned from chronic illness, which also speaks to anxiety, is just because others see us having a better day when we might be laughing and we might be doing more and we might be showing up more doesn't mean that we feel we can do that every day. And that's okay. And sometimes we feel quite nervous with anxiety and chronic illness about the expectations of others. If they see us look okay, well, you look okay. And then Mm -hmm. they think, well, that's it. They're good to go. And it's just not how it is. It's not how it is in life anyway, but particularly when you're living with chronic illness or long-term anxiety, so that we should be able to feel free to laugh and connect and have a good day whenever we can, but not to feel the expectations of others that if we're having a challenging day, we can't say, or we might need to be a little more reclusive. I know for myself, I'm quite a cave dweller. Yeah, me too. uh, I can show up and laugh and have a really full, fun-filled day, but Oftentimes, you'll just find me in my chair with a book or listen, right. listening to well, something. Well, and that or, recharging, the, that, that's another piece of this as well. I mean, as, as we wrap our conversation today, you give as much as, as you've got. You give as much as you can, and then you have to restore your energy, replenish yeah. your energy. And, you know, whether you're introverted or extroverted or both, you still need time to recharge. Mm-hmm. And we often talk about introversion and, and you and I tend to be more introverted than extroverted, but at the same time, here we are, right? Showing up and sharing uh, our truth and transparency, which is a very extroverted thing to do. But then we also recharge and take care of ourselves and know that we need this, this cave dwelling time, this space on our own. And our families understand that. And mine does. You know, yesterday, for example, uh, I wasn't feeling well at the end of the day at all. I had a headache coming coming on. I needed to rest and I needed to not think about dinner and what it was going to be and all of that and what it was going to, because I just didn't feel well enough to even care, to give a care, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sorry. And I just reached out to my husband and said, you know, this is where I'm at and this is what I need to do. Please take care of dinner. Of course, he totally understood and was incredibly supportive had some ideas, took care of it. I got to rest and was feeling a bit better. But And then after that, I knew that I still needed to get back and just rest so that I'd be okay today, which I am, gratefully. In the past, I might have pushed through that. I might have gone to the store. I may have made dinner. And then I might have been angry about it. I may have been projecting, feeling crappy, but still having, air quotes, to do this, that, or the other thing for my family. Mm -hmm. We need to be really mindful that that that's not the case and 
and that we do the best that we can and communicate the best that we can and just keep showing up. Yeah, that's something I've really had to work on personally is that I can overcommit because I don't like letting people down, um, particularly people I'm living with. And um, if I overexert myself and I start to get tired or if I'm not having quiet time, reflective time, particularly in the mornings, I can get really spun out. And then in my head, I can start to get a bit jazzed. And if I'm not careful, that can go to irritation, right? where, where I just feel overbaked. So I've had to learn over the years to just say, no, that's enough for me. And sometimes it gets challenged and people say, well, can't you just do this? Or how about coming to that? But for me, I just have to say, no, right now, that's thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Have a yeah. wonderful time. But for me right now, that feels too much. And these days I have to do that quite a lot. And it's not, I'm not saying it like it's a bad or a sad thing. It's what I need right, right. now. And, and that's okay. Just to reserve the right to say, you know, today I have something I'd really like to read or really like yeah. to listen to. And I can feel very inspired by those things. And if it goes too many days where I've intended to do that and I don't get in contact with that thing, I can really start suffering mentally. I really like to nourish my mind. So just to know how we roll, what nourishes us, what helps us, what helps us keep enthusiastic. Enthusiasm is wonderful medicine, wonderful medicine. Yes, and, uh, it sure is. We should take any steps we can to, to cultivate that. And I think, again, this is what these small steps to big change. It's, it's about cultivating self-care. And again, as you always say, and I love it, spaciousness. Mm-hmm. And, and just <laughs> settling into kind of an internal resting place, an, inter- an internal nest that allows us to really look at what helps us show up as our best self, what helps us live our life consciously and positively. Right. And right. that's real medicine. This self-care, this self-awareness has an incredible effect on you. Uh, on your energy levels, on your healing potential. It, it really does. We can only do this when we do it step by step. We can't travel forward five years and, and see the difference it's made, which is where mindfulness comes in. That, okay, what can I do today? And tomorrow, my, my intention is whatever my intention is. But today, I'm, I'm here. Today, I'm going to do what I can do. And that's enough. And the next day, I'm going to do what I can on that day and acknowledge that this one little step, like somebody learning to walk again, Mm -hmm. one step, every step is a triumph. And at the end of a period of time, we will be so much better for it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Shan, for sharing your teachings with us on the power of incremental change which I know comes from your experience, your vast experience as a first-class coach. And I hope our listeners will gain some encouragement from our conversation today. Me too. Thank you so much, Ananga. Thanks for listening to Anxiety Slayer. This podcast is brought to you by our brand new course, Small Steps to Big Change. Little things you can do to feel better on even the most challenging days. The intention of this offering is to support you in doing one small thing every day to help you increase your sense of personal peace while you move forward with slaying your anxiety. And for a limited time, you can get this course for $27. Learn more at anxietyslayer.com or at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. Mm-hmm.